Hi guys, and welcome to the Courage to Identify podcast with Sharon Angel. I'm glad you're here, and today we're going to talk about an important topic, career switch, the pressure to finding your dream job. So most people who talk to me say that they don't like their job. They write to me and say, I'm just in it to pay the bills and be able to afford a roof. So these messages, these DMs have been increasing on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And especially during the pandemic, I've heard from more of you guys to say that I don't like my job, I want to switch to a different job or switch my career altogether. I guess you've had a lot of time to think. So I naturally looked at the stats to see, because I was curious, is this happening just to the people in my circle or is this happening to people all around the world? A global poll conducted by Gallup shows that 85% of people who work are unhappy with their jobs. That means only 15% are happy going to work. Only 15%. I found that shocking. We all work, we all have some kind of job to pay the bills and some kind of income to be able to afford what we eat, to pay rent, to enjoy different things in life. But only 15% of us are actually happy doing what we do. So today I thought we could talk about why most people are unhappy with their jobs, how to find a job that satisfies you. And if you're thinking about switching your job or your career or going out to find that dream job, how can you do it? We're going to talk about people who genuinely want to enjoy what they do and make money while they're at it. And this podcast episode is for people who have the courage to pursue that happiness with their work. All right. For starters, how do you identify if you're unhappy with your job? I heard this beautiful saying from the president of LMES. He said, if you're looking forward to the weekend and just getting by, you're in the wrong field. The type of work you do must enrich you, whether you're in tech, in service, public sector, freelancing, you must be passionate about the subject you're working on. What you do must satisfy you. So step one is to identify what you deem to be the difference between your job and work. What is the difference between a job and work? Do you just complete tasks to tick off a checklist and get a paycheck? Are you in it just to put food on the table, pay your loans, and so on? Are you just doing the mundane activity because you have to earn some money? That would be a job. If you enjoy the process of completing those same tasks, learning a few things along the way and making money when you're doing that, when you're growing with what you do, when you see a potential growth, when you see a potential, this is where I am today and in five years, this is where I can be, then that is work. You must enjoy it while you do your job. That is work. So the first step is to determine, do you do just a job on a daily basis or is it work that you're enjoying? 
At the end of the day, when we all come back from work, we want to feel satisfied. Satisfied that we do what we love, see growth in our career, help a few people along the way and make money to support our needs. Having a job that makes you happy and satisfied is to find the sweet spot between these three verticals. The industry you're in, how much you're learning and how much you're earning. So when you don't find the sweet spot between these three verticals and you're in a job that is not the right match for you, then you're going to start looking for a career change. That's when you're going to start saying, I hate my job. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't see a promotion. And all these lines, all these phrases are going to start taking place in your head. So what do you do when you want to change careers? What happens when you've given 15 years of your life to one career only to realize that it's not for you? What fears come alive and how do you navigate those fears? When you really sit down, evaluate and analyze your career and when you've made the decision to say, this job is not working for me, this career is not working for me, I am not satisfied, I am not happy, I want to make a change. And when you're asking tough questions and when those difficult thoughts come in your mind, fear starts to take place. Sometimes fear is a good motivator, but you have to know how to deal with that fear because as we all know, our work is the base for many decisions in our lives. So to help you out, make you think, and address some decision-making, I've gathered some information for you. Deloitte Insight says, our career defines who we are and what we do. So obviously, trying to switch careers, we often ask ourselves, what if we switch careers and fail? Then who are we? So that's why we fear changing careers. That's why we fear changing jobs. And it's good to know why we fear these things. Of course, when we talk about ourselves, the first thing that we say is, I'm a software engineer. I'm a media assistant. I am a government official. That's how we define ourselves. So obviously, when we think about changing our careers or changing our jobs, we have that fear because what are we going to say about ourselves when we introduce ourselves to someone? So that is good to know why that fear is coming in when your identity is going to be shaken a little bit. Deloitte Insight also points out a career is financially and psychologically rewarding. Of course, it's financially and psychologically rewarding. When we see the paycheck, the money hit our bank account, there's a dopamine hit. We are happy to see some money in our account. When we see something on the shelves, when we're shopping, when we see something online and we are able to afford it, of course, it makes us happy. So when we're trying to switch careers, when we're trying to switch jobs, and there's going to be that potential uncertainty of maybe I wouldn't be able to afford this. Maybe I wouldn't be able to pay rent. What if I'm not able to make my car payment? What if I'm not able to make my loans? Those uncertainties and those fears will start coming alive. So that question of if I don't make that money or make less money, where will I find my reward? So these are all good questions. 
Knowing these uncertainties and knowing these fears means you are doing a practical analysis of what would happen or potentially happen when you switch your job and switch your career. Knowing these practical roadblocks or speed bumps are going to be hella scary. We can follow our dream and search to find that dream job, but if it doesn't pay us enough, then of course it's not going to be worthwhile. So how do we navigate this? Let's see what companies are looking for when they hire. What are corporates, what are businesses looking for with new hires or potentially hiring experts when it comes to new jobs? Business Insider says young, newly hired employees often have skills not found in experienced hires, leaving many older people to work for younger leaders. And the rapid pace of technology makes many jobs, crafts, and skills go out of date in only a few years. So let's take this observation and break it down. Does it mean that younger people have a higher chance of getting hired and that every few years to stay relevant and keep getting hired, we need to be getting a college degree? This is definitely something to think about because if you want to be relevant, if you want to keep getting hired, doesn't mean that only people who come out of a degree, come out of university, a college degree, have a better chance of getting hired. So what about experiences? What experiences and skills should we be getting to actually be hired when we're just getting into a new field, just getting into a new career? So definitely think about that. And as we are dwelling on that thought, listen to this as well. Another Deloitte insight says, organizations have become flatter and less ladder-like, making upward progression less common. So flatter and less ladder-like means there are fewer teams, there are fewer people working for an organization or company or a person, and that means they are hiring more experts where one person can do the job of many other people. So what does that happen to freshers who are willing to learn? If companies are looking for one expert with depth of experience, what happens to the other teams of people who have complementary skills and are willing to grow? What happens to the new people who want to enroll for that job? Where will they get experience? So while you are thinking about these things, while you're thinking about which industry to switch to, who will hire you, what they are looking for, where to get experience and how to get rewarded, let's talk about the base that influences all these questions. Technology. Technology has become a part of our lives. There is no one who lives on planet Earth that doesn't use technology. Even my grandma uses technology on a daily basis. So if you're going to tell me that you don't use any tech, you're living under a rock, you're still living in caveman times. And I would completely have to disagree with you with the kind of life that you're living. But for everyone else who uses technology right from the time we wake up to the last second before we close our eyes, 
we are going to take time to think about how this technology that we use to cook, clean, entertain, analyze, socialize, heal, create, and even breathe is going to influence our career. So when it comes to changing careers, tech is the first place you must go to to assess how much a career switch will influence the latter half of your career. Hybrid jobs are becoming a thing right now. Many years ago, it was enough if someone was qualified in math and science for a tech job. Now, almost all jobs require knowledge in math, science, arts, and social skills. So much so that STEM is becoming STEAM. Technology has given rise to the necessity of knowing the arts, even in STEM jobs. And the influence of arts can also have a base in tech. So to break this down a little more, even in tech jobs, you need to know a little bit about graphic design. You need to know a little bit about marketing, editing, what illustration is, and so on. So even in the sciences, having that knowledge or having that exposure is going to help you qualify for that job that you want, that expert level job that you want. So no more is it science, tech, engineering, and math. Arts has actually become a part of the STEM jobs. And the more knowledge that you have or the diverse your knowledge is, there's a higher chance of you getting hired for that job. So think about that while you're trying to switch careers. It's the same with art as well. Even in arts and in the creative jobs, you have to know a little bit about technology. You have to know a little of the sciences. You have to know a little bit about business. So whatever job you take, think about what skills and practices you are bringing from the other industries. How do you stand out and why do you qualify for that expert job that you're wanting? So with these facts, current figures, a brief about what is happening in the industry right now, think about what does that have to do with you as an individual? What part of the puzzle do you fit into? When you want to switch careers, what do you do and what do you bring to the table so you can get hired? So when I was switching careers, this analogy really helped me hone down the career path that I wanted for myself. I'm going to quote this beautiful phrase that I love to go by when it comes to my career or even switching different jobs within my career. Reading the manual is not the same as learning how to fly. So if you want to switch from tech into the arts, if you want to switch from being in a government job to doing business or whatever switch you want to do, just learning just getting the technical knowledge, just getting the book knowledge is not enough. It's always good to have practical experience. It's always good to get your hands dirty to see, do I like this? Do I want to do this? How good is this when I work on it? Or is this something that I shouldn't do? So always make sure that you're not just reading about something that you want to get into, but you're also working on small gigs and small projects to see if you like doing it in the first place, if you're good at it, and if it's something that you want to experiment with. In my book, I talk about the life of a plant. I think it's fascinating how it grows, and I want to touch on that a little bit today. I always compare the start of a new career with the stages of plant growth. So number one is to find good soil. When it comes to your career, research your field. 
research that dream job that you want? What passions do you have? What skills do you have? What likes do you have? Research all of that for yourself. Number two, plant seeds. Applying, enrolling in college, and testing yourself. So you have to do a self-assessment of where you stand when you apply to this college or when you apply for that job, when you enroll in that test that you want to take, how are you doing? How is your performance? Number three, pour water. So while you're applying, while you're testing yourself, you also have to learn and get fresh perspective. You might have been in a different field for the past couple of years, or you might have studied something different. But now that you're looking ahead, you also have to mentally prepare yourself to put all new information when it comes to this new industry or this new job that you want to transfer into. So it's always good to keep your brain alive, be curious and keep learning. You have to keep the brain stimulating. And honestly, that's also good for your aging process. When you keep your mind alive, when you keep your mind alert, you reduce the amount of laziness and also stress, I would say, because that is when you get stressed, that's when we age, that's when we start getting all these negative thoughts saying, I can't do this, I won't do this, I won't succeed. So I would say as you keep feeding your brain with fresh perspective, keep learning things in your industry, what are the new changes that come into your industry and mentally coaching yourself and mentally pumping up yourself to say, we are going into a new field. We are going into something that is new to us. How do we navigate our mind? How do we navigate ourselves through this is what will keep those negative thoughts away and will keep your brain stimulated and avoid stress and avoid aging. So that is point number three. Number four is adding manure and fertilizer. So while you are applying to different things, testing yourself, while you are educating yourself, while you are mentally preparing yourself for the change, you must also enroll yourself in trainings, internships, and workshops. So that is when the practical experience comes in. That's when you get practical knowledge. That's when you get your hands dirty to say, I will start learning this. I will start doing these things to analyze if I want to do this, if I'm good at it. Number five, just repeat that cycle and after 10,000 hours, you will become an expert. So this is crucial because sometimes when we get into a new job or get into a new industry, get into a new career, the first couple months or the first phases will be exciting because it's new. But we have to constantly test ourselves. Do we like this? Are we growing? Do we potentially see growth? Are we contributing to the company, to the job, to society, to community, to the growth of what is around us or to the growth of that project? And how are we growing as individuals when it comes to our career? So having those goals, having that perspective is what is going to make you want to learn and make you want to become an expert. Number six, branch out. Of course, any job that you start with you are going to want to get into the next level, get into the next phase. And I think after five to 10 years, you will have an expert knowledge on that subject. So when you have that expert knowledge, what are you going to do with that? 
are you going to branch into something else in the same industry or are you going to go into a completely different industry? So make sure you're thinking about that and planning for that. After saying all these things, I will also say that having a dream job doesn't guarantee a stress-free work life. There will be pressures and deadlines that you will need to meet, but this time it'll be worth it because you will already know how to navigate them and the why behind each struggle. Knowing the motivation behind why you're doing this work and why you have involved yourself in this project will always help jump those barriers. It will just make that stress, it will just make those pressures and deadlines much easier for you. So in the life of a plant, if you see someone growing a plant in their backyard, you will see that they add manure to it on the topsoil. So they add rotten vegetables, maybe even like eggshells and, you know, unwanted things on the topsoil as fertilizer. So if you see the plant, it will absorb all the nutrients. And you also see that someone is tilling and constantly caring for the plant, for it to grow, for it to yield fruit, for it to yield a vegetable or a flower. So for you, where is that care coming from? Are you reading books? Do you have a coach? Do you have an accountability partner? Because some bad eggs will be thrown at you. Some rotten vegetables will be thrown at you. Some eggshells will be left on the way for you to walk on. When it comes to jobs, women face sexism, discrimination, bias against maternity, saying that they're unqualified and they face disrespect. Same with men. They go through the same injustices, race issues, preferences, and so on. Any career for any gender has its own issues. But how do you overcome that? At that point, what nutrients are you going to take and what hard shells are you going to leave behind? You have to learn to choose your struggle. There are many jobs that will treat you like a slave and suck the life out of you because they are demanding in nature. Today, stress is the biggest killer that everyone is trying to avoid. Since the rise of tech, many are becoming attached to work and not learning the boundaries between work and life. This tech can help us, but also be a detriment to us. It can bring people closer to you, help you find your identity with work, but if it's not navigated through properly, it can be a detriment. So use it wisely. Now at this point, everyone has worked from home at some point in their pandemic season or pandemic period, if I should say. But some people are getting comfortable saying that they want to continue to work from home. Some mothers, some fathers, some parents, it's easier for them so that they can take care of their kids and also do their work. But for some, they absolutely do not want to stay home, but want to go to work, to to an actual office building, to be with people, to have those meetings with people. So find that sweet spot for you when you're trying to navigate through a job that you potentially want to stay working from home or if you want to have a job where you go to the office, travel, and so on. What is that sweet spot for you? How are you going to use tech 
to make sure that it is not hurting you, it is not harming you, it is not causing stress to you, but actually helping you get better at your job, helping you be more efficient, complete tasks at a faster rate, and help you find your identity at the same time. So when you switch careers, when you switch jobs, are you going to see an immediate result? Are you immediately going to feel that dopamine hit? Are you immediately going to feel satisfied? No. That's just a plain, simple, straightforward answer for you. You might have to work internships, work some unpaid roles, be in the gig economy, or take on small jobs unrelated to your field to float yourself. But when you keep planting your seed in good soil, watering it, and providing proper sunlight and manure, it will grow by itself. So keep your why as your focus. Keep your motivation as your focus. Your mind has to be fixed on that why. And sometimes to execute that, you will need a change of scenery or atmosphere, a new group of friends or support system, and new perspective. When your mind is set and focused, your hands will automatically work and your body will cooperate. True job satisfaction will not come unless you understand your industry, know what you're doing, start being worthy of what you earn, and see areas of growth. Now, as I've established earlier, money is a good motivator for many things. On top of that, when you're switching careers, fear can also be a motivator. But you must analyze for yourself how much can you give up, how much can you sacrifice, how much time do you have, how much effort can you put into this new career switch, what research are you doing, and most importantly, how much courage do you have to switch careers switch roles, and find a dream job is an individual decision. You have to step into it with courage. At the time of decision-making, you cannot ask your parents or your partners to hold your hand. Yes, you can count on their support, but that's your dream. You have to have the courage to pursue it. So, do you have the courage to venture out and find your dream job? This episode was brought to you by Career Guidance. Jay Prakash Gandhi has 21 years of experience with Career Guidance. He has counseled over 2 million students and conducted 2,000 placement trainings. So if you wish to get more information or some guidance on how to switch your specific career and need more information and research on how to do it practically, you can check out careerguidancejpgandhi.com. You can read more about how I made a career switch in my book, The Courage to Identify Who You Are. Visit SharonAngel.com and grab your copy, which is available in multiple versions. Follow me on my social media. This episode was edited by Maria Mihailova, and this is The Courage to Identify podcast with Sharon Angel. Thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon.